Okay, so let's get started. This week is Parshas Balak. We are continuing the topic of the Rashbam. I initially wanted to have this discuss a few items, namely Bilam's origins, his prophetic level, and the comparison to Avram. But I don't think that we're going to end up actually being able to, to get to all that. I think where I'm going to end up is just to be able to discuss Bilam's origins. In order to talk about it, um, as to why this is a topic that exercises me, I have to go back to when I was a little, a little kid. Uh, and I was studying Parshas Balak with my father in order to be able to go on to a Jewish radio program that had questions on Tanakh and specifically the weekly Parsha. And I got on after studying Parshas Balak. I got on the week of Parshas Balak. I guess it was like a Saturday night. And they asked, where was Balaam from? And I said, Midian. And they said, well, that's the wrong answer. And that answer being wrong, I could say now, uh, 30 years later, that I'm pretty sure that my answer was wrong. But at that time, I certainly thought that my answer was right. So I think it'll be um, interesting to go through the back and forth as to whether or not Bilaam was in fact from Midian or not. If you look at the Chumash in this week's parsha, the Pasuk tells us that the Jews, they were resigning to one of the examples when the chapter headings in a parsha are inappropriate. The, the new parak begins in the last Pasuk, the parsha Chukas, Similarly, you can see that uh, in the beginning of Parshas Tetzava, where the first two psukim are finishing a parak. And <coughs> the Pasuk starts out in this week's Parshas by saying that Balak has a problem. Balak's problem is that they're very scared of the Jewish people. And Balak is Melech Mayav Be'esahi. Balak is the king of Mayav at that time. Now, the Pasuk tells us that Maya was very scared because of the Jewish people. And Maya therefore said to the Zikne Midya. Now, the first question to ask yourself is what's the connection between Maya and the Zikne Midya? Why is Maya talking to the elders of Midya? But they're telling them their problem. The Jews are residing now in Arvas Mayav, next door to Mayav. And Mayav is very scared because they're like a cow that just grazes along the pasture land without any thoughts of anything. And as a result, they're going to be simply eaten up with narrow thought. So that is the fear that Mayav has, that Balak Melech Mayav has. And that's what he shares with the Zikne Media. 
And the Pasuk tells us that Balak ben Sipar was the king of Moab at that time. We don't know what the elders of Midian said in terms of the text. The text doesn't tell us what the elders of Midian said back to Moab, said back to Balak. However, the next Pasuk tells us that Vayishlach Malachim ben the next Pasuk tells us that that Mayav, that they sent messengers, they sent messengers to Bilam. Presumably, in the conversations that Balak was having with the elders of Midian, Bilam's name came up, and that's why they're sending messengers to Bilam. And they send the messengers to Bistera, Asher al that's on the river, Eretz B'nei the land of his people, Likralot to call him, they should come because there's people that left left Egypt. They are running rampant over the land. So the simple reading again of the text would suggest that Balak, the king of Moab, wants Bilam from Midian to curse the Jews. And the way he got the idea to call up Bilam was because he spoke to the elders of Midian. And he sends a messenger to Bilam in, in Pisar, some near some river in order to call him. That would seem to be the simple reading of the Pasuk. If we keep on going, Pasuk says that not only that, but Yelp is nicknamed both went to go call Bilam. So in other words, it wasn't just the elders of Moab that went, it was the elders of Midian that went as well. Um, <laughs> now, when we get to one second, now when we get to the a, a little bit later on in the parsha, after Bilam fails in his mission, the pasuk says, "Vatabrach Balak tells him, run back to your place. Doesn't tell us where the place is, but the Pasuk tells us, Bilam goes back to his place. Again, not telling us exactly where his place is. And the very next Parsha is that the Moabite daughters are cavorting, are fornicating with the Bnei Yisrael. Additionally, if you look, of course, you have the story of Cosby. And who is Cosby within the story? Cosby is Cosby is the the what do you call uh, a Midianite, right? Cosby Cosby she's a Midianite. So the the daughters of Moab are engaged in a licentious activity with the Jewish people, as is at least the princess of Midian. Again, <laughs> from here, it would seem that this was a plot between Mayav, the elders of Mayav and, and Malach Mayav Balak, along with the elders of Midian, to get Bilam. And then Bilam fails in his mission, but he then provides advice that says that if you engage the Jewish people in licentious activity, you have a decent shot to get their uh, God angry at them. 
how do we know that this is not just a chazal? How do we know that it's not just, you know, a medrash that says that it's actually pshat, that that's what happened? Because the Pasuk says that, that um, later on, the Pasuk tells us that hein heina, this is in Parak uh, Lamed Aleph, this is by the, the, the war against Midian, the Nikama that Hashem said had to be taken against Midian. If you look there, the Pasuk says, so the Pasuk says over there that the what happened to the Jewish people, Bidvar Bilam with the words of Bilam. What happened with the words of Bilam? At the end of the day, Bilam's words were fantastic. He gave these great blessings. So you must understand that the 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 words of Bilam that were very difficult were the ones that caused the actual negative repercussions on the Jewish people, which elicits the nekama that was deserved because of what he had advised. If you look later on in Pashas Matais, when the Jews go to war against Midian, who gets killed? The Chameshis Malchim Midian and Bilam, right? And Bilam. The Nikama of Hashem is taken out against Midian and the five kings, right? Avi Rekem Tsurchor Reva, the Sor, by the way, Kazbi Bas Sor, her dad was killed now. And the Pasik continues, Ve'ace Bilam ben Ba'ar, right? And 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 Bilam, the son of Ba'ar, Hargu Bachar, they killed him. So why is Bilam in Midian? Why is he being killed in Midian? Presumably because he's from Midian. So this was my this was my sort of understanding, my childish understanding at that time, to answer the question from this radio show, which was, where's Bilam from? Well, the answer is Midian. After all, the elders of Midian come to speak to him. He's killed in the with the other Midianite kings in Midian. Clearly, he is advising the Midianites and the Moabites, and he's not from Moab, so most likely he's from Midian. That's where all the roads are pointing. That's why the elders of Midian are coming to talk to him. That was, that was um, sort of circa 10 years old. However, I don't think that that is able to be sustained. And the reason I don't think it's sustainable is because of two, two problems. One is in our Pasuk in this week's parasha. Look carefully at the Pasuk right at the beginning of the parasha. The Pasuk tells us, They sent messengers. Or he sent messengers. Now he, being Balak, sent messengers to Bilam ben Ba'ar, to Sairah, to a place called Pasaira or Pasar. Uh, the Ibn Ezra says it's Pasar, it's like Mitzrayma, Mitzrayim. Asher al where is Pasaira? Pasaira is on the river. Eretz B'nai the land of his people. Now I'll ask you, what does it mean, the river? Eretz, we say that he sends his messengers to Bilam, where? Asher al-Hanahar, on the river. 
Eretz B'nei the land of his people. Where is the river? Now, in order to ask that question, the, the thing some background is helpful, which is, right, in Hebrew, when you have a hey idea referring to the river, it's something that's presumably well-known by whoever's there. Now, there may very well be rivers in Midian that would be referred to as the river, and the people reading the text would know what we're talking about. But in Chumash, when we talk about Hanahar, which only appears a few times without any further qualifiers, each time it's a reference to the Euphrates River, according to an understanding of the, the commentaries. So, for example, if you look, um, <coughs> if you look right here um, at the Targum Unculus, the Targum Unculus or the Targum Yenis and Benazio, they both say the same thing. Where is Aram? Aram de Al Paras. Aram on the river Euphrates. Why are they saying Euphrates? They're saying Euphrates because the river in the Chumash is a reference to the Euphrates. They have a second reason as well, which we get to in a minute. But the river, when it's referred to in Tanakh, is understood <laughs> typically as being as being a as being a um, <coughs> sorry, as being a situation of a reference to the Euphrates. If you look, for example, in Bereshis Lamed Aleph, in Bereshis Lamed Aleph, the pasuk tells us that Yaakov ran. Right, Yaakov is running away. Where is he running from? Right, he's running from. He's running from Lavan, right? And the pasuk tells us um, that by what was the river that he crossed? The pasuk says that Vayavar Radak over there says Huparas. That's the Euphrates River. If you look a little bit <coughs> earlier, uh, sorry, a little bit later, in Shemais, in Shemais Chav Gimel, the Pesach says Hashem promises the Jewish people, V'sha'atiyas gevulucha, mi'am suv v'ad yom pilishtim, u'mimin bar ananar, the boundaries of the, the borders of Israel are from the Yam suv, right, to the Yam pilishtim, so the, the Yam suv, we don't exactly know what it is, to, to the Philistine Sea, which is the Mediterranean, Midbar, and from the desert, right, which is presumably like the Arabian desert, right, or the deserts in Jordan, Adan um, Nahar, until the river, which is in the north. And the commentaries there say, Rosh says, Nahar is, Nahar is Pras. The Rosh Bram says, Nahar Pras, it's often. It's the Euphrates in the north. And that's the border. We're giving the borders of Israel, the east, west, north, south borders of Israel. So these are the borders. And the borders include um, the, the nameless, the river, which is the Euphrates. Now, it's not to say that the Torah doesn't often call the, 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 the Euphrates by name. The Torah often does, in fact, call the Nahar Prats by its actual name. But when the Torah uses the term Hanahar, 
without any qualifiers, it's typically understood by the commentators referring to the Euphrates. I have to check, but I didn't have a chance to. Um, there's another reference in Paris Vayishlach. I have to see what Uncle says over there, but Uncle, but the Pasik says in the various different kings of Edom, one of the kings who ruled was Shol Mirachoves Hanar. Shol from Mirachoves Hanar. I don't know what that Hanar is translated as. I'll be curious to see. Because obviously we're talking about Edom, which is in the south, it's far away from the Euphrates. And obviously Midian is very far from the Euphrates. Right? What's Midian? Midian is today modern-day Jordan, the south of Jordan, and the northern west part of, of Saudi Arabia. But it's nowhere near the Euphrates. So <laughs> if we're saying in the Pasuk, that we sent out messengers to Bilam, we're to Pesairah, Asher al-Hanar, that's on the river, the river Euphrates, well, then that means that these messengers are not going to Midian. It means these messengers are going to where? Aram. They're going north. They're going, they're going to near the Euphrates River, modern-day Syria or Iraq, but certainly not anywhere near Midian. So if that's true, then that would be a question on the notion that Bilam is from Midian. But there's even a bigger question. And the bigger question is in Devar. If you look in Devar in Parak Chav Gimel, Pasuk Alan, the Pasuk there is telling us that an Ammonite and a Moabite cannot come into the Jewish people until 10 generations out. <coughs> Why is that? Because of the fact that they did not greet you, right, with, with, with bread and with water when you left Egypt. That's one reason. And because they hired out Bilam ben Ba'ar, from Pesar, the same Pesar that we're talking about, to curse you. You can't get any better than this, right? I mean, it seems pretty clear then that if Bilam is from Aram Naharayim itself, then the Nahar that we were talking about in Parshas Balak is a reference to the river, Euphrates. And in fact, Aram Naharayim is only used two times in Chumash, right? One time it's used earlier in Bereshis when the servant of Avram went to go find a wife for Yitzchak. The Pasuk tells us, he went with all of the good of his master in his hand. And they went to Aram Naharayim, the city of Nachar. And what does that mean? <coughs> they went to Aram Naharayim, the city of Nachar. So over there, the Mepharshim explained the Chizkuni, others, Radak, etc. They say that Aram Naharayim is where the servant of Avram goes. Then later on, we have Yaakov going to Haran. So which one is it? Is it Charon? Is it Aram Narayim? So they say that Charon is the same as Padan Aram. It's the same thing as Aram Narayim. It's all the same place with different names. But this place that has all these different names, that's the place that that's the place that they went to. That's the place that they went to to go um, to go find Bilam, to go get him agree that 
he should curse the Jewish people. <coughs> but this would mean a very fundamental challenge to the fact that Bilam is from Midian. He can't be from Midian. He's from Aram Narayim. The Pasuk tells us very clearly in Devarim that he's from Aram Narayim, that he's not from Midian. If you look, the Pasuk says that that um, that I think we just already quoted that both the Targum and the Targum Yonis and Nazil both understand that Aram Naharayim, if you look at the definition of how they translate it, both um, in Devarim and in Bereshis, they both understand it as Aram Dinahar Puras. It's Aram on the river Euphrates. So they both understand that the 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 Hanahar, when it's not associated with anything else, is a reference to the Euphrates. And Aram Naharayim itself is a reference to the Euphrates. What it literally means is Aram, right? The city, Naharayim on the river Pras. It's interesting because Naharayim, I'm not a grammar, grammar expert in the slightest. And I never feel too badly about it because, you know, there were the, there's a great shuva from the Ramah. The Ramah had an older cousin, the Marshal. They were both very active in Poland. And the Ramah, of course, became very famous through writing his glosses on the Shulchan Aruch. But the Marshal was not a fan of the Shulchan Aruch didn't become as famous. We don't really have, many of his books were lost in a fire. Of the books that we have, the Yam Shoshlema, we have obviously some volumes, but not all of it. He tried to show how you don't need the Shulchan Aruch and you can get all the halacha from Shas. And he engages in a acerbic kind of conversation, exchange of letters with his younger cousin, the Ramah, about some halachic point. And in the <coughs> context of that conversation, the Ramah says to him, you know, a response that he doesn't like. And he writes him back that, you know, what's wrong with your grammar? You have so many mistakes in grammar that I see that it's unbelievable. I can't imagine how many, why you have so many mistakes. But the Ramah writes back, yes, it's true I have mistakes, but I don't, I don't know grammar. Uh, I'm not an expert in it. I prefer to study substantive things. That's his response back to the marshal. And then he continues and he says, by the way, since you're so picky uni about my grammar, well, here's a list of your grammatical errors. So I'm not 100% sure that I'm about to say it makes sense grammatically, but Naharayim, Almost sounds like it's plural, like rivers. Um, <coughs> of course, the Tigris and the Euphrates are both mighty rivers that you know travel together for a long distance. I don't know if that's why it would be called that, perhaps. But again, the way the Targums understand Aram Naharaim is Aram Al Nahar Pras. It's the Aram on the Euphrates. So since it's Aram on the Euphrates. By definition, so then that, that would mean that that's where Bilaam was from. 
And that would also mean, again, if the way they understand Hanahar means Euphrates uh, uh, as well, that means to say that Bilam is not from Midian at all. The question then becomes, well, okay, <coughs> I know that Bilam is not a part of the royalty of Midian. That's clear. Because of the Chamesh, Malch, and Midian that are killed, it's always V'es Bilam ben Bilam is not a part of the Nesia Midian or the Malche Midian. In Bamidbar, they're referred to as the Malche Midian. But in Yeshua, in Yeshua Parakid Gimel, it's referred to as the Nesia Midian. But the same idea, the princes of Midian were killed, V'es Bilam ben Bar and Bilam. Now, in neither case is Bilam identified as a Midianite. He's identified as one of those who was killed. The way we made it out before was that if he's being killed in Midian, presumably he's the Midianite. But now we have to answer the question the other way, which is, one second, if Bilam is really an Aramean, right? If Bilam is really an Aramean, then what is going on when we say that he's a Midian getting killed? Why are the Ziknay Midian coming to talk to him? He's an Aramean. What does that do with the Ziknay Midian at all? Yes. In other words, <coughs> what does that have to do with Midian? If he's an Aramean, Balak should be going to Aram and talking to Aram. Why is the Ziknay Midian getting involved? Why are they sending their daughters? Why is Bilam getting killed in Midian? If he has nothing to do with Midian, he lives in Aram, then, then, then why is he always being found in Midian? That's the question that this approach has to answer. I should point out that Chazal understand that Bilam was an Aramean by definition because they always understand Bilam as being essentially Lava. There are many Midrashim that take that to a degree, very, you know, very far degree. They basically say that he wants to kill his own kids. They literally view Lava and his Bilam as being one and the same. And in that sense, it's that's how he's attempting to be killing everybody. It's one of the understandings of how uh, Lava is attempting to be Lakarasakal to kill everybody, is if he's Bilam, he try to kill all the Jewish people. So clearly Chazal. I think we're of the opinion that Bilam was from Aram. All right. <laughs> so in order to answer the question of why Moab and Midian have a tight relationship and why Bilam is found in Midian, they can make sense to start at the beginning. And that is that Midian and Moab are both children of Terach. They're cousins. According to the Sukkim, Mayav is from Light, right? Mayav and Light's older daughter. And Midian is from Vayesef Avram. When Avram got remarried, whoever it was that he married, Keturah, whoever that was, whether it's or not doesn't make a difference but the point is he had a bunch of children right Midian 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 Yishpok Shuach a whole bunch of them one of them was Midian 
So Midian and Ma'av are, are in fact cousins, a few times removed, certainly, but cousins. So it could be that as non, you know, non-indigenous folks, they're not Canaanites. Maybe, you know, they uh, they what do you call? It? Maybe they had a relationship. That's a. But there's a very beautiful Ramadan that I think goes further and, and uh, is very clearly Armstrong. The Ramban suggests, this is a Ramban not here, it's a Ramban in Parshish Pinchas. The Ramban suggests that, that Bilam was an advisor to Midian and Balak and Mayav and Midian were partners. <coughs> so if you look at the Pasuk back in the beginning of the Parsha, the Pasuk said to us, that Mayav went to the Zikne Midyar. Before they went to get Bill, and they first went to the Zikne Midyar. Because, in a sense, they were partners. They're the ones who thought of the idea, says the Ramban, to hire Bilam to curse the Jewish people. And they got advice for them. And they're the ones who gave the Eitz at the end of the war, when at the end of the uh, cursing attempt when it didn't work. They're the ones who gave the advice that they should try to get the Jews to act in a licentious manner. And they're the ones who sent one of their princes, one of their king's daughters to go to show how much they were behind the plan because they had to travel from Midian to Arvis Mayav to go and effectuate the plan. So therefore, that the Ramban wants to make the argument that Bilam um, was certainly an Aramean, for sure. But Balak and Midian had their own relationship. They were partners. Why were they partners? Again, I'm saying to you, perhaps because being non-indigenous sort of Canaanites, but nevertheless somewhat related, perhaps they were in that sense uh, working together, but for whatever reason, they were allies. We don't necessarily need to know why they were allies. The Torah doesn't have to tell us they were 100% allies, but it seems like perhaps that they were allies. And that's why Balak is going to take advice from Midian at the beginning. <coughs> so then, if that's true, then it, you could sort of see that when the elders of Midian presumably are giving advice to Maya, to Balak, saying, look, we should hire Bilam. Why? So we already have a beautiful Chazal on this, but with let's just say the Chazal for a second, but we don't need it. As a matter of fact, I don't think we need it. Right? The, the Chazal say that, look, Maishra Benu soldier in the Midian, he was there for a long time. He married the Kayan Midian's daughter. So we know how he works. We need somebody who can work against him at that level. And the only guy who could do that at that level is Bilam. That's Chazah. But without having to, to, to say that, just simply say, from the, it's clear from the Psukim that Balak, the Melech Mayav, talks to the Zikni Midian. And the very next Pasuk is they're sending out a message to Geuget Bilam. So obviously, they got that advice from the Zikni Midian. 
whether they brought up Moshe Rabbeinu's sojourn in the land and they needed to have a zelu umazeh, I don't know. But you recall that Chazal understand this in a very real way, that the same way there's one prophet by the Jewish people who's sui generous beyond everything, so you have a prophet by the non-Jews who's, as it were, almost like an equal. The idea that Chazal is seeing it that way is perhaps in part because the Torah doesn't openly state it, but by quietly stating that Mayav is talking to Zikni Minyan and then they're going after, and then they're going after Bilam, it's because the Midian understood deep what the power of Meshur Bain was, given that they had had him uh, as a, uh, they were hosting him in their, in their country for some time. So therefore they wanted to get somebody who they knew had that kind of a power. It doesn't mean he was a Midianite. It just means they wanted to get somebody who had that kind of a power. And that was Bilam. <coughs> and that is the approach of the Ramban. So the Ramban says, and it's not too far-fetched to imagine that the Torah says that Bilam gave advice. Al Devar, right? You got Bilam to curse you. So from there, from Devar, it sounds like the, the focus was on the curse, that that's what Mayav had done wrong. But if you look at if you look at the Pasuk in Parshas Matais, where the Pasuk talks about what the Bilam had done wrong, it says that the, the, the Pasuk says, Hine ha'ayulad v'nei Yisrael b'dvar Bilam, limsar ma'al ba'ashem al-dvar b'ar. Right? That what did Bilam had done wrong? B'dvar Bilam. There was something in the words of Bilam that he had done wrong. Limsar ma'al ba'ashem al-dvar b'ar. So it sounds like in the Dvar Bilam, he caused the Magaifa. Somehow he caused the, the, the idol worship of Far. So if that's true, <coughs> then Bilam's parting shot, right, where he, right, I'm going to give you advice what's going to happen. And then the very next thing is the licentious activity. So it was his parting gift. That's Clearly, as a matter of shot, what the Torah is suggesting. So, if that's true, that that was his parting gift was this idea that you get the Jews to be licentious, their God doesn't like it, he's going to take revenge on them. So then we understand well why Bill may have decided that he wants to stay around Midian. He wants to see what's going on. The elders of Midian came, right, with the elders of Mayav to go convince him. It didn't work out in Mayav. Melech Mayav Bach threw him out. Said, you go home. Go back to your place. The Pasuk tells us that <laughs> right, the Pasuk says that um, in the end, he went back to his place. So according to the Ramban, that's a problem. Because his place, what does it mean his place? His place is his hometown? The Rambam would say, no, it says Lamkaima. It doesn't say La'artza. If it said La'artza, then he went back to Aram. But if he went back to his place, maybe he had a place by Midian, and he's trying to go back to Midian to watch what's going to unfold. Right? Because he can't. he's not welcome in Mayav anymore. But he wants to see what's going to happen. If his advice at least was correct, 
So he goes down to Midian to see what's going to happen. And therefore, after it was successful and so many people died in the Magaifa, <coughs> so it was a success and he's staying in, in Midian. And that's why he's found later on when the Jewish people go and attack Midian and there's Bilam again. Even though Bilam is an Aramean, that's why he's being found in, 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 uh, in Midian. <coughs> that is the that is the approach of the Rambam. In fact, Chazal seemed to suggest that they want to go even further. They say that it's not just, it's not just that Balak was a buddy or had a partnership with Midian. They say that actually Balak comes from the same place as Bilam. There's a variety of versions of the Madrash, found in Tanhuma, found in Bereshit's Rabbah, found in a bunch of places. But if you look, it says in the in the in the Madrash that Pesera was the was his town, the town of Bilam. Um, and what does it mean, Eretz Bnei Amai? What does it mean, the land of his people? Shemisham Hayabalak, because Balak goes really from there as well. Now, what does that mean? If we understand that Bilam is in fact the, uh, from Midian, and the Pasuk is telling us that he's sending messengers to Bilam, who's in Midian, it works out well. In, in the sense of if Bilam is from Midian and Balak is from Midian and Bilam had prophesied that Balak would become king of Mayav, then it works out nicely why Balak would be a partner of Midian. Because he himself is a Midianite. However, again, I'm not sure that that's what Chazal means. Chazal don't define so clearly what the city is. What they say is that Eretz B'nai Amai Likroi he sent him to the land of his people to call him that that land which that Balak is sending a message to was really his own land. That's where he came from. Now if we're saying that Bilam is really from Aram then really what we're saying is that Balak is from Aram and they're buddies. <laughs> but then you would have a question, which I think is a fear question, which is why does he need to have the Zigni Midian for that? Why does he need to have the Zigni Midian for that? If he knows Bilam of his own right, because he comes from the same place, why does he need the advice of the Zigni Midian to go get him? He should be able to come up with that kind of a suggestion, presumably on his own. That being said, there is an interesting part of the Pasuk that doesn't really make so much sense. Because the Pasuk tells us that Balak was the Melech Maya of Ba'esahi. He was the king of Maya at that time. And at that time is not very clear. What do you mean at that time? He wasn't a king at any other time? What does it mean at that time specifically? It sounds like he wasn't the king for all time. He wasn't always the Moabite king. He's a Johnny-come-lately kind of king. So he's the late-breaking king. 
So he's a late-breaking king. And maybe he really does <clears throat> come from somewhere else. Chazal want to say that he only becomes the king in his own mind thanks to Bilam. That Bilam told him that he was going to become the king. And therefore, when he became king, he to Bilam. Again, the problem is, why does he have to go talk to the Zikna Minion to go hire Bilam? He should be able to figure that out from his own. I don't have a clear answer to that question. So, <coughs> but if Bilam, I'm sorry, if Balak is really from Midian, then it obviously makes perfect sense. If Balak is from Midian, then we understand why he's working with the elders of Midian. And and if he's uh, and 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 if he's working with the elders of Midian to go hire Bilam, and he himself was a Midianite, and Bilam is located in Midian, it sort of all works. The problem is again, as we said, that Bilam is from Aram, and the Nahar is a reference to the Euphrates. So you can't actually fit it in into the Psukim so clearly that in fact Bilam. Then in fact, Balak, I'm sorry, is a Midianite. If anything, it makes more sense to say not only that Bilam is an Aramean, but if you're going to understand that the verse is not referenced simply to Bilam's hometown, but also to Balak's, then you're making Balak also become an Aramean. So we've got a plethora of Arameans here. Now, the Rashbam over here. And Rashi suggests the same thing. The Rashbam and Rashi say that the Eretz Bnei Amai is the land of Balak. Is the land of Balak. And they don't give you more information. They don't say if we're talking about Midian or we're talking about Aram. They're not clear about that. Rashi is much more wordy. Rashi brings down the whole Chazal that <laughs> the land of his people is really Balak's land. And the reason that Balak is sending back to his own place is because of, to Bilam is because Bilam had once told them that he was going to be king. And clearly his fortune had come true. And that's the reason he's going back to it sounds like that's the reason he's going back uh, to call Bilam. That he himself has a karsat type to Bilam for what Bilam had done for him. But the Rashbam doesn't say any of the Midrashim. He just says that the Pasik of Eretz Bnei Amai, right, that 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 uh, that they sent messengers to Pesayra, right, to, to Bilam in Pesar, uh, Asher al-Hanahar, that was on the river, Eretz B'nei the land of his people. According to the Rajbam, Eretz B'nei is just referring to Bala, the land of Bala. Bala comes from there. It's not referring to uh, the land from where Bilam comes from. Now, <coughs> The question is why they're doing it. If you look at, let's say, one of the commentators, super commentaries on Rashi, let's say like the Maral. The Maral says that what Rashi, and presumably the Rashbam are bothered by, is 
that if it should have just said that instead of saying Eretz B'nai Amai, just say Artsai. If you're saying it's Bilam's land, just say right? His land. What do you mean, Eretz B'nai Amai, the land of his people? Why are you adding in that? So according to the way the Maral understands, this is really too much information. So clearly we're not talking about Bilam. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Um, that's what we're talking about, Bala. In other words, it's a very localized issue. We're only talking about Balak, and we're doing it because of the specific grammatical issue that it says Eretz B'nai instead of Eretzai. However, <coughs> I wonder if there's something more going on. I wonder if, obviously, Rashi, the Rashbam, etc., are very well aware of this problem, which is, where is Bilam from? Is he a Midianite? Or is he an Aramean? Is he love reincarnated? Or is he Johnny come lately, you know, to to uh to, to Midian to the ranks of, of Moshe Rabbeinu? Who is he really? By saying, by taking away this positive, taking away from saying that it's Bilam's hometown. And saying that it's Bullocks, that gives them the freedom to not be tied down as to where Bilam is actually from. And it almost sounds like if they don't want Bilam to be tied down to Hanahar, to the Pras, to the Euphrates, and that's where maybe Bilam was at that time, but he wasn't actually from there, but that's where Bullock is actually from. Then Bilam can still be what? Then Bilam could still be a Midianite. Right? Bilam could still be a Midianite. And, and that's why he's found with the Midianites. And that's why he's killed with the Midianites. Of course, the problem is the, the Pasuk here says, Asher al Hanahar. What do you mean? That sounds like he's in Aram. For whatever reason, you're going to have to say he was found in Aram at that time. But then it says later on in Devarim that he's from Aram Narayim. The answer to that is simply this. The Pasuk in Devarim is not telling us that Bilam comes from Aram Narayim. It's just telling us that he came from Aram Narayim because that's, in fact, where he was. So this could potentially be a very beautiful understanding for the Rajbam and Rashi. Just to reiterate. They go out of their way to understand Eretz B'nai Amai is referring to Balak, not Bilam. Even though the simple reading of the Pasuk is Vayishlach Malachem El Bilam Ben Bar Peseira Asher Al Hanahar Eretz B'nai Amai. The curly sounds like it's talking about Bilam's hometown. But Rashi and the Rajbam go out of their way to say it's Balak's hometown, not Bilam's. Why? So you can understand it as being a localized reason. What's the localized reason? The localized reason is that it doesn't say Artsai, it says Eretz B'nai Amr, it's really weird language, so therefore 
who's the Amai? It's, it's not a reference to Bilam, it's a reference to Bala. Okay. So if it's a reference to Balak and not Bilam, that means that Balak comes from Aram and Bilam was somehow found in Aram at that point in time. That would be <coughs> the localized reason. But really, Bilam could potentially be either from Aram, as we see in Devarim, or he's from India, as we would otherwise assume from the various Pesukim. What I want to suggest to you is that the Rajbam and Rashi are doing something bigger. What I'm suggesting to you is that what they're really saying is that the reason they're making this Pasuk of Eretz B'nai Amaya, Sher Al-Anahar, a reference to Balak's hometown and not Bilam's hometown is because they disagree with the Ramban. They want Bilam to be from Midian. And if they have Bilam being from Midian, it makes sense why Balak is talking to the elders of Midian. And it makes sense why the elders of Midian are coming to talk to Bilam again to go uh, curse the Jewish people. And it makes sense why Bilam is going back to Midian after his failure. And that's what it means when he goes back to his Mekayma, because that's his place. It's Midian. Ah, uh, you're going to ask, what does it mean, Asher al-Nahar? Yeah, Asher al-Nahar, it does talk about the Euphrates, but it's not a reference to Bilam's hometown. It's a reference to Balak's hometown. So what, what about in Devarim? When it says that they it doesn't mean that that's where he came from, that's where he hailed from, that that was where his passport was from. It means that that's where he came from in this story, which is in fact correct, because in this story, Balak sent messages in his own hometown to where Bilam came to, to Aram Narayim, where Bilam was at that time, for whatever reason. And that's why the reference to the farm is to Bilam from Aram Narayim, not because that's his ethnicity, but that's where he was residing at that point, for whatever reason. So this could be a machlaikas between Rashi and the Rashbam on the one hand and the Ramban on the other. And each one, you see the weaknesses to explain why maybe Midian, why maybe Aram. But when I was a 10-year-old, obviously I said Midian without knowing any of this, just the simple reading of the Pesukim. But I say today that it's less sustainable because of the various different problems that we have, namely that I'm not so comfortable reading the Eretz B'nai Amai the way Rashi does and the way the Rashbam does. To say that it's a reference to Balak's hometown. We're talking about Balak. I mean, Balak's the king of Maya, but he really comes from Aram, but he became the king of Maya. I mean, that sounds all weird. You have to add in all this other, that's weird business. In those days, they probably didn't have too many kings from, you know, one place becoming the king of the other place. It sounds a bit odd. So, I'm not so comfortable to say that the Pazik is not talking about Bilam. It seems to me like it is talking about Bilam. And that's why today I probably would say I'm a little bit more partial to the Ramban. But that's how I think you can explain and justify the approach of those who want to say it's really Midian. As I think that that's what Rashi and the Rashbam are trying to say. I'm happy to take any questions. Otherwise, have a good Shabbos. Shabbos.